Welcome to the Between the Dream Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. Hope that you all are doing well. Hope that you've been having a good weekend. So, well, a good week, excuse me, so far. It definitely feels like the weekend as the days are running together with this coronavirus and the fact that many of us are on a stay-at-home type of schedule. <laughs> so excuse me there. Hope you guys have been having a great week. Listen, if you're new to the podcast, I want to ask that you subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. And make sure you share the podcast as well. For those of you all that are returning, thank you so much for your continued support to every donor uh, of the podcast, whether through Anchor, through Cash App, wherever you might be listening from. I just want to give you all a personal thank you for your love and your support with this podcast. Um, I want to go ahead and just dive straight into this today. I have a very special friend who is joining us in this podcast. Uh, my boy, your boy, LV, Lev Hunter from Flint, Michigan, will be joining us here in a second. Um, but before we do, I just want to really break the ground with this conversation, understanding that with so much happening right now with this virus, one of the things that we've got to understand it definitely, uh, for those of us that identify in the faith as Christians and believers of the Christian faith, um, we talk so uh, such a good game about being the church. And I think that this time that we're in right now is the opportunity for us to be the church in so many different capacities, right? And so with that being the case, I wanted to bring LV on. We've been having a, an ongoing conversation about racial reconciliation, right? Um, it's one thing to talk about racism and race. It's another thing to talk about how we reconcile. And I know that this is waters that are sometimes uncharted just because of the fact that it's easier for us to stay on the side of frustration, to stay on the side of the hurt and the pain. Um, but uh, we, we are just taking a different approach, believing that during this time of this COVID-19 season, God is actually allowing us the opportunity to create some changes now that are going to be beneficial and needed for once we get out of this season. Once we are back and everybody is above ground, breathing fresh air outside again, we need to be able to hit the ground running. So with that being said, I don't want to um, belabor this anymore. I want to invite uh, my boy LV. LV, thank you so much for tuning in, man. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. Man, thank you for, first of all, allowing me to be on your podcast. Uh, thank you for being on my podcast not too long ago, The Daily Absolutely. Brew. So this is a beautiful thing, man. And I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we get to carry this conversation because it was powerful. It was. Um, like, even for me, like some of the things that I said, I didn't anticipate to say. And it made me go back and say, hmm, think about that some more. You said it. Love it, so, love it. So hopefully that's what happens here today. So, so LV, I apologize because I definitely brought you in as a very informal friend with did not tell people just how cold of a person you are. This man is a genius <laughs> on the social media side. Um, and he mentioned his podcast, The Daily Brew, that he has. But The Daily Brew is also a line of coffee. Now, y'all know mm -hmm. I am a tea drinker um, mm -hmm. at heart. But I can only go off of the words of people that drink tea, uh, coffee when it comes to what coffee is good. And I've given several of my friends the Daily Brew, and they have all come back with the same thing, saying how bomb it is. So, Elby, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, man, with all of the work that you're doing, because you are such a jack of all trades, man. And so just enlighten the people real quick before we head and hop into this convo. Yo, and you said it, man, uh, born and raised here in Flint, Michigan. Um, Flint is known for the water crisis more uh, mm -hmm. than anything else, but we're not going to jump on that. But 
Yeah, man, I love social media. I love coffee. And I, the reason why I love both of them because it's centered around people. Yeah. Um, right. As much as I'm an introvert, I love people, which is weird. We got to come up with a term for what it is when you are both introverted and extroverted. What is you that just, term? You just said it. What, you, what? You, so it depends on which one you're more of. But so say, for instance, you're an extrovert that has introverted tendencies. Yeah. You would be an introverted extrovert. Okay. You have somebody like me who's both. I'm an extroverted extrovert, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you, you take somebody like my wife, who's an introverted introvert. And then you have the tweeners like yourself. Yeah. If you are more of an introvert, you might be an extroverted introvert. It just depends yeah. on which part of the spectrum you fly most on. I don't even know. I think I'm dead smack in the middle. In the middle. Uh, yeah, I love people. So, yes, the Daily Brew is a coffee company that I own. Um, we have three coffees, and I really believe that coffee brews conversation. And I think us having this conversation is manifesting what I believe needs to happen in our society and mm -hmm. just healthy dialogue. And I believe that until we commune with the community or really step out and have conversations with our neighbors, mm -hmm. nothing is going to change in life. So I'm not trying to change the world in this uh, grandioso way. I just trying to, you know, do it one cup at a time, one conversation at a time. Love it. I use social media to really social media. To, I, I feel weird because I have two businesses, right? And, I, and they so polar opposite in my opinion, but the <laughs> centerpiece is people. I just love communicating with people on my terms. You so know good. what I'm saying? So, good. so yeah, man, I, that's who I am. I'm a believer. I love Jesus Christ. He loves me. Um, he lives on the inside of me. Yay, don't play with me. <laughs> I turn, it won't be a podcast. It'd be a praise break. <laughs> I start Come singing. It's so like, yeah, I can't listen to this. He's horrible singing, but God loves my singing. <laughs> hey. But no, man. And, and I, so I love people and I love serving. So I love just reaching out to people and say, hey, what can I do to help? And, there you go. Go from there. That's, just, that's who I am. Love it, man. Well, thank you so much, man, for just tuning in and being in, involved with the podcast today. I know you and I have been spending quite a, a little bit of time together since this quarantine started. Yo, been video chatting. We, I think we've kind of somewhat created a pseudo uh, every week program now right, with Instagram right. Live. <laughs> but it's brought about great conversation. It. Last week, we talked about um, marriages and relationships. We even talked to our singles during yeah. this time right um, but you got to tell them why we so okay you guys are listening to y'all know rich if you have not connected with him on all of the social media platforms that he has you have should. to <laughs> you, you probably yeah, you probably should from the perspective because he he dropped this video and was giving husbands tips on how to enjoy their wife mm -hmm. okay during this season yes. during this season and he was like hit the baseboards you know what i'm yeah. saying back you clean down to the toilet seat you hear me Yes. Y'all want to speak a new love language? Come on now. Y'all better stop playing. So is a Solomon. <laughs> Listen, you're going to be, I mean, I'm serious, man. You, <laughs> you're going to be hitting sheets and clapping cheeks. You better hey. stop playing. Do your, do your due diligence, husbands. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So no, but in, in, in that, um, I was telling LV that I have taken the time to really just dive deeper into the intersectionality that is my humor but then also my seriousness and so it kind of started a dope conversation last week um we we left friday being able to bless five families with 60 dollars a piece yeah um just from the you know just the the fundraiser we put together and all of that and so it, it, it was dope and we said that we had to get back um and do it again and so we wanted to have this conversation 
um, today was actually our IG live video from yesterday. And we went for a mm -hmm. solid hour yesterday just talking about racial reconciliation. Yeah, man, right? they shut us and, off. And right, and they definitely did. But, but understanding that this conversation is needed because there are going to be a few areas of reconciliation that must take place once we get out on the other side of this virus. Yes. Right. And that is no secret. We know that. And I think understanding that what we've got to take a deeper place, space of understanding, too, is that reconciliation is going to happen not in the world first, but it's going to happen from us as believers. Yes. People are looking at the church to be the church. Right. And so racial reconciliation is just one part of it. Right. There's going to be some reconciliation that has to be had when it comes to doctrine that's been taught. Um, that might flow along the lines of, you know, misogyny and, you know, um, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for, LV? Um, oh, starts with oh, the sorry. F or S. I can't even remember right now. Oh, Francisco? Um, oh, no. <laughs> Francisco, my goodness. Um, but that, 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 that flows along the lines of um, uh, healing amongst cultures, yeah, healing, yeah, yeah. healing amongst the people healing when it comes to rank and, and pay grade. Like there's going to be so much that the world is going to need to reconcile from and with, and it starts with us in the church. Yes. Right. And so um, I think that this is a great space for us to start because uh, both of us are ministry leaders. We're connected originally through the black Christian influencers network with our homegirl Jackie, who was the brainchild behind that. And, um, you know, we, we care a lot about people and we understand that it's, it's now is the time for us to begin to chauvinistic is the word I was looking for. I don't know why. Um, but okay. um, now is the time for us to prepare and be able to just truly be the church and to yes. be Christ's hands and feet. So it'll be when we kicked this conversation off yesterday, we talked about the breaking down of what racism is, what bigotry is, and what uh, prejudice is. Right. And I love the way that you broke this down. So can you, before we get started, let's just kind of preface the conversation with that so, so our listeners can know and understand where we're going at all times. Yeah, yeah. So like I said yesterday, definition provides context. If you don't define the thing, you can't provide context of a thing. So racism is really a systematic approach to using your power to keep a, a, a person down based off skin color. Mm. And this is going to be a hot take, but black people can't be uh, racist mm. or other people of color. So I'm just going to start off with a hot take. There but, you go. You know what I mean? And break so, that down for us. Yeah, yeah. So racism or being racist is using your position of power to inflict harm or hinder or uh, impose your will or your or even uh, try to gain more privilege against someone who doesn't look like you. So if you are a, a minority, i.e. a minority. So if you are a brother or sister that is not of, you know, African descent or uh, Hispanic descent, South American, whatever. If you're a white person and you have privilege, you could be racist without being a bigot hmm. you can be racist without be, without actually revving up the engine of prejudice wow so i want to give an example like i went through a, uh, a workshop when i was a kid that broke this down 
and was saying that, you know, the highest power seat in America was the president. And you know, loosely, right? Because we know mm-hmm. money talks, everything else is, mm-hmm. you know, so whoever has the most money wins. It's the, it's the real life monopoly board. So we always said that until a black man become president, racism will always, you know, exist. Mm-hmm. Well, we got Barack Obama and it racism said, nah, I ain't going nowhere, <laughs> say. <laughs> right. I, I ain't coming off the block, B. Yep, yep, yep. Say, I'm representing my, my, I'm representing. You feel me? So mm-hmm. racism said, we're going to stick around and we're going to make sure that we are alive and well. So then we look at bigotry. Bigotry is the, is, is afflicting hatred and evil and visceral and nastiness on a person because of their skin color mm-hmm. and culture. Mm-hmm. Because even you can be a bigot, you can be a black bigot against other blacks. Yep, yep. Uncle right? Ruckus. Uncle Ruckus effect. From the Boondocks, yes. From the Boondocks. <laughs> if you've never seen that, I want to, oh, I almost had this list now. I almost had it. Uh, almost had it. Yeah, 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 I got you. Darkness. I got you. I watch it too much. Yeah, man. <laughs> so then we look at prejudice, and I love how you said it pre-Judas, pre-judging. Mm-hmm. And there is a level of being healthy. There has to be healthy prejudice. If you ever put a kid in a the room, they they judging everything. Before they, mm-hmm. they looking at you like, like my niece, I, my niece was prejudging me for days before she gave me a hug, before wow. she would give me any type of interaction. So there's some level of healthy um, prejudice, but there's also an unhealthy prejudice. And, and we're, we're really basing this conversation off, you know, Rich, the conversation that uh, Kurt Franklin, Dr. Tony Evans had, Robert, Morris, Robert Morris, and, and Matt Crouch. Uh, and Matt Crouch had, uh, it was an hour long, about 55 minutes long conversation about race reconciliation. And, and that's where this is all being sparked from. So if mm-hmm. you have not done so, I believe you can have a link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, I'll put it in there so people can check it out. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so we want to make sure we define things so when we have the rest of this conversation, it can be within the context. So if you don't agree with those terms, that's fine, but just know that that's where we're coming from right. in this conversation. And this is not a conversation to beat up on anybody. Right. This is in love and this is judgment free. Yeah. And so hey. you 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 mentioned Dr. Uh, Tony Evans, Kirk Franklin, Robert Morris and Matt Crouch. And um, I loved what Kirk Franklin did here in being able to have himself, another black pastor, Dr. Tony Evans, who's the father of uh, Anthony Evans and Priscilla Schreier. I can never get her last name right. I think that's it. She's phenomenal, though. She was the she's a, a powerhouse preacher and uh you know, people know her from her star role in the prayer room as the wife of the, the movie, The Prayer Room. Um, and then to have Matt Crouch, white pastor, and then to also have Robert Morris, white pastor on there as well to discuss this. And it was a very heartfelt conversation that was focused on tangible next steps, right? What can we do practically? And so to your point, LV, you mentioned um, the privilege aspect when we talk about race and the domination piece. And that's actually where Kirk um, and the rest of the gentlemen on that panel started it from talking about how, you know, um, the, the foundation that we know as Christianity now was solemnly built here in America from white Christians, right? Mm -hmm. And so it is a system that was essentially created for quote unquote, all to be a part of. But when you talk about the dominating powers that be, Mm-hmm. They were right Christians. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I love this because they all had a mutual understanding and agreement of that. Oh, yeah. In that we're able to then further discuss how that's become problematic um, as we've moved forward with what we see 
And then before we dive into the world, even on the ministry side of things, yes. right? How we flow and function in our churches. Kirk Franklin was talking about how, you know, um, his music had been edited out. His voice had been edited out. And he used the example of when he made his first big hit with Toby Mac mm -hmm. and how he was listening to one of the white CCM or Christian stations. And what you notice happened was that Kirk said he was listening. He was super excited, ready to hear his verse. And then when it got to his verse, they edited the entire thing out. Yeah. Now, LV, I don't know if you've ever listened to the likes of a, a Kiss FM or we yep. in Chicago, we had B96. Mm -hmm. It was very common for those secular stations that had a crossbreed of music where you would take a white artist who, like a Katy Perry, yep. would have a black artist like a Juicy J when they yep. made the song Dark Horse together. Mm -hmm. And on those types of stations, one of the common things that we would see is that the rap verse was usually taken out, right? Mm -hmm. And so essentially, the same thing happened to Kirk Franklin, but now we're talking about, from a ministry standpoint, a man of God, a Black man of God, who was bringing his style of conveying the word and the message, and it was nothing wrong with what he did, but because it didn't systemically fit what they deemed appropriate, they immediately edited out his voice. Yeah. And so that's what really was the fire starter for this conversation. And so I thought it was interesting because this is something that we see all too often in ministry. Oh man, it's from our founding fathers. Mm. They used a Bible that took out scripture that talked about how to treat your slaves. Wow. They, they took out parts of the Bible that's, that talked about in the year of the Jubilee that you had to set people free after seven years of, of, of them being in servitude, mm -hmm. you know? So, so it's not surprised. We shouldn't be surprised. No, we shouldn't. That, that it, but what is sad and disappointing is that when people know the truth, they, they don't see the truth. So Dr. Mm -hmm. Tony Evans on that same point, and I, I just, it was just so profound to me. I don't know why, but it sticks to me. He talked about a scripture in Psalm and I'm paraphrasing heavily that, you know, God's righteousness and his justice goes together. Yeah. And you can't be so ready to be righteous that you don't see the heart of, of God from the perspective of justice. And I always tell people this, Rich, like when I'm encouraging people about prayer, I always tell people prayer is you sitting in, in God's lap, laying your head on his chest and having a heart to heart conversation. Love it. As you speak, he hears your heart. As you're speaking, your ear is also listening to his heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that we can hear from God to, you know, to, in ministry, but not hear God clearly enough to act and move. I'm not saying people don't hear, but to act and move with injustice. Mm. So you can't preach to me from a pulpit and not talk about what's going on. And I, and I literally saw a post online, bro, before we jumped on this call. And I was like, oh, this is so good. It was like, um, this person is from Alabama. And they were saying how Alabama is pro-life until the black man's life is taken. Mm. Wow. Wow. The church is pro-life until a black person life is taken. Yeah, that's good. I just, I was on a convo with one of my best friends earlier. He's a pastor who I'm actually going to be doing ministry with out here. And um, we were talking about that. You know, I was like, you know, it's amazing how that pro-life conversation, you know, we see so many um, Christians, definitely white evangelical Christians who carry so much energy when it comes to that, but they don't carry that same energy 
when an innocent black life is taken or when a brown life is taken or a black life in general is taken, right? We don't see that same kind of energy when our little brown babies are being locked up in cages at the border. You know, we talk about the treatment of a sperm meeting the egg in its conception, but what about the life that already has a full beating heart? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. And as Bryce and I were having this convo earlier, just in, in the spirit of talking about how we really change that, man, one of my uh, uh, good friends and, and pastor friends has talked about, you know, how race is not a skin issue, but it's a sin issue. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the same level that we want to call out other sins that might be a little more noticeable from people Mm -hmm. right we want to call out sins that we just fully say that god detests what about the sins in our heart when it comes to not only how we look at our brothers and sisters but from our judgment and looking at them how we then treat them sure right and so i think that it's a deeper clause for us definitely right now in this space to really take a look and i love how you said it like are we truly aligned with the beat of god's heart No, and we're not, because Sunday morning is still the most segregated time of the year. I mean, time of the week, Sunday morning. And 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 now we going through Corona and your live stream, your your Zoom with your church is still, you know, um, difficult. And and there's enough blame to go around. And we're not blaming one particular side. Exactly. Both parties. We we all play a part. We all play a part. part. And, And so I don't want anybody to feel... Like, man, they just bashing. Like, we don't even have to go down the road of, of what's bad. We need to have the conversations and spark more conversations on how to fix this. Yes. And, I sh- and we were talking about it, you know, within the church, man, that should be, God is going to get the church together first, mm. period. He's coming back for a church without spot or blemish or wrinkle. Love and we out here thinking that he coming after Republicans or, or Democrats. Yep. He's going to come and, and clean house. No, 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 no. That's, you know, it's so funny. It lets me know that we don't know our Bible the way we know. <laughs> we say we know our Bible. Come on, LV. Because when Jesus showed up, they was like, yo, Jesus, let's go. Like, Peter and they, folks was like, yo, let's go. Let's go cut some heads off. Let's, we got an army of people that's ready. You, you All you got to do is, you know what I'm saying, get a call. And we and we ready. We are so ready to fight. We so tired of these wrong. We they was they thought Jesus was going to come a certain way. And I'm telling you that those who are listening today, Jesus is not going to come the way you think you know him to come. Because right. you don't read your scripture enough. Mm. You get the fullness of it. So you're not getting it enough to know that how you treat me is a direct reflection of how you treat yourself. Love so it. how you ignore a black life, you're ignoring your life. Mm. How you from the pulpit. We're not even going to talk about the pew. From the pulpit, when you won't even acknowledge it and say, we need to have a conversation amongst ourselves first. Don't come knock on my door because you're guilty. Oh, I love it. Knock on, your, on, 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 that, on that deacon that's over the money. Mm-hmm. Knock on, you know, the lady who, who cleaned the church. Mm. Start to clean your own house first and, and, and then show me that Jesus. Love it. Cause we're taking this solution driven approach, right? Yes. And so one of the things that Kirk talked about when him and Matt Crotch and uh, 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 Robert Morris mm-hmm. both agreed and, and, and made the admittance that, yo, like there is an onus on them as white leaders in ministry. Yeah. First and foremost, acknowledge and in the flaws and be okay with being, um, uh, 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 Oh, LV, I'm forgetting the word right now. My brain is lapsing while we hear. No, 
No, um, no. So- being a, uh, God, it starts with an O. Can't even think of it right now. But um, open. No, no, not open. Oh. Um, I'm, it's going to come to me while we're going through this conversation. <laughs> yeah. But but being honest, and we'll use open for now, um, when it comes to, objective is the word. Yes. Being yes. objective when it comes to the faults that are at hand, mm-hmm. but then also being able to understand that as white leaders in ministry, because it is a system that not only benefits them, but protects them, for those that say that they really care, your opportunity to create change comes from the position that you hold within that space in the pulpit. Yes. Right. And solution driven allyship when it Mm -hmm. comes to, Hey, we got to call a spade a spade and we've got to be able to recognize it in ourselves. I love what Robert Morris talked about when he said that, you know, so first and foremost, Robert Morris, his, his son-in-law who's been married to one of his children, his daughter for 10 years is black. And he talked about how, you know, he's learned so much in that time and that relationship with his son-in-law. But Robert Morris actually reflected back to himself as a young ministry leader in this conversation. Yeah. And he talked about how he was leaving the church one day and he came outside and he saw a black guy driving past in a Benz. And immediately his mind went to how could he afford something like that? Yeah. And he said in that moment, the Holy Spirit convicted him for even having that kind of thought because it spoke to prejudice. Once again, the prejudgment and how he looked at his brother without even knowing him. And, right. and so I, I love it because, like you said, this isn't a bash. But for those of our friends who are listening, who are in ministry, who, who, who are white, yo, like the reality is, is that and we're not asking for the savior complex. We're simply saying that, look, if you are with us and that you are an ally like you say you are, it comes from being able to not only check your privilege because we're not downing you for having it. You can't yeah. control the fact that you were born white. But right. what we're saying is as you check your privilege, figure out how to utilize it in a space where it can break down the systems that need to go. So I'm so glad you brought that up because this really sparked a Holy Spirit moment in that live stream where mm-hmm. in the moment God revealed to me through scripture where Moses, right? Moses was uh, born Hebrew, mm-hmm. but grew up an Egyptian. Yeah. Decided, ah, I'm, I, I didn't know I was not Egyptian. I, I'm, oh, I'm actually really a Hebrew. So let me get rid of my privilege. Wow. This is so good. I'm going to add to it. I'm about to add to come it. Come on, come on. Because he said, I'm, I'm, I'm a, this, you can find this in Hebrews 11. He said, you know, uh, when it talks about the pillars of faith, like he said, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I can't do this anymore. And he left. And then God allowed him to use that same privilege to get in the presence of Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Wow. So your privilege is not going to leave you. You can't get rid of your privilege. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's up to you to allow God to use it. Wow. So good. I mean, come on, Moses, like you can't get in Pharaoh's court. Nobody, nobody of that was a Hebrew could be in Pharaoh's court. And you got to mm-hmm. understand Moses grew up in, in the way of privilege. Mm. All he knew was privilege. He didn't know anything else. He just had, he got woke. He was, he had a woke moment and said, oh, I'm really not, I'm really not privileged. I don't come from privilege, but I'm privileged. And God said, that's why I'm going to use you, Moses, because you have privilege. You can get to Pharaoh court. You can, you can bypass, you know, man, if Moses was a military, um, 
uh, I want to say, I'm mean, just for the lack of better terms, a general. He was a military guy in Pharaoh's court. Mm -hmm. That's how he knew the terrain when they left Egypt to cross over the Red Sea. He was a military mind. He he that was his thing. So he used his privilege to bypass guards, to bypass all those things to get to the heart of the king and, and Pharaoh and say, "Let my people go." And we got to use that. You have to use that same privilege as an uh, ally to say, let my people go. This brother is my brother, like my brother's kids. That's, yeah, that's good. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that was a rap lyric from Jay-Z, my brother, uh -huh. my brother's kids. But, <laughs> um, you know, Moses is a great example um, of it all. And there's others throughout scripture that God will show you if you allow him to, to say, yo, okay, I know there's an issue. Okay, I get it. What can I do? Mm. Be like Moses. <laughs> let my people go. Mm -hmm. And what does that let my people go look like to you in a practical sense? I'm no longer going to allow these uh, bigoted jokes to be said in my presence because black people are not around. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you got to start, you got to take a stance talking wherever you take now. a stance. And, and, and I'm talking like inside the church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that wasn't the word. That's inside, that go on inside the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Right? And, and and not run to save another country when you got Flint, Michigan in your background, wow. in your backyard, right? Wow. So I want to encourage those here. We're, we're solution-based, right? You have to use what you have. He said, Moses, what do you have? He said, all I got is a rod. Well, use that. What do you have? Use that. You got social media? Use that. Mm -hmm. What do you have? I can write a book? Use that. Or, or what resources do I have with my privilege, thank you, Holy Ghost, to actually even out the playing field? Yeah. Because everybody get 10 talents. Mm -hmm. Everybody get five talents or one. You get something. How are, what are you going to use your talents for? Are mm -hmm. you going to just dip, put it in the, uh, the ground and say, oh, there's nothing I can do with my privilege. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can do with this. Yes, it is. Yeah. You just don't want to do it. And you, and you don't see the value in doing it. You got to love serving more than you love receiving. Yeah, And that's the problem in the church wow. because we can build these great edifices. We got all the, man, it, it, and this is someone who works in ministry or have, have worked in ministry per se, not getting paid, but just volunteer based. Do you know how hard it is when you are a growing church to just want to do some of the simple things and you don't have the resources, mm. but the, the person across the street got all the resources and won't even come over and help. Yeah, I got a flat tire. You won't come help me. Wow. And you own a tire shop. But we both say we love the same Jesus. Mm. That's good, LV. Sorry, that's I kind of a little tangent. No, 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 that's good. I think it's, it's needed, you know, when we talk about really considering how we utilize what we have. You mentioned a point about, you know, and we're not knocking, you know, those that go off on mission trips, right? No, please we love do. The, we love the work that's being done in Haiti, that's being done in Ecuador, that's being done in Panama, that's being done mm -hmm. over there. Mm -hmm. At the same time, one of the things, if we can be honest and if we can be objective, is the fact that that same energy and fervor when it comes to what we're getting ready to go put out over in another continent, mm -hmm. we struggle when it comes to going into the neighborhoods, right? And I'm not talking about the neighborhoods that look like whatever it is you are. Yeah. I'm talking about if you feel like, oh, I'm about to go help the Africans, the black folks in Africa, the black Africans, whatever you want to refer to them as, um, but then can't even take the time and muster up the strength to say, yo, let me connect with people that look like them that sit right here in my own backyard, not necessarily in your immediate community. I'm not talking about the tokens right now. 
Sure. I'm not talking about the, the one or two black people that you know in your friend list. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the community of black people that might sit on the south side of the city mm-hmm. that you live in. The mm-hmm. community of Asians or Latinos that might sit out east or out west from the community that you live in, mm-hmm. right? Can you go and reach those same people that you would normally reach outside of the states, mm-hmm. inside, right? Yes. Like because yes. The, the, that 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 is that is the 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 bond of unity, right? That is mm-hmm. that is true bonding and unity when you can do it. Not from the standpoint of saying, oh, I, I, I took a trip to go 4,000 miles and do it across the, the world. No. Yeah. What about the struggle yeah. that's taking place in, a, in the likes of a Flint, Michigan with a water yeah. issue that can be easily fixed? Easily fixed. Just you resources know? and actually cutting a check. And they working on it, but. So but, here, here, yeah, man. Like, I just had this epiphany, right? Do you, do you know how much typically a mission trip costs? I'd say roughly between two to three, depending on where you're going. Two to three grand. Two to three. Do you know you can buy a house in Flint for about five grand, renovate it, and actually put somebody in it? Wow. No, I didn't. Didn't. They got houses on the market. If two people, if a husband and wife team were to go at five thousand a piece, that's ten grand. You could buy and remodel a house and put somebody in it in Flint. Mm. So, Straight up. so simply to say that we're not saying change up what you're doing already. We're just saying expand your thought process and what you can be doing yes. when it comes to being the legs, the, the hands and feet. Yes. And, yeah. and, 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 re- and really just say like, ask, your qu- ask yourself this. Why are we not doing more in our backyard? That's all. That's, that's, that's all I'm good. asking. That's good. Just why are we not doing that? And then, you know, to, to really transition the conversation to – not only leaders in the pulpit, but also the people in the pew got to hold these leaders responsible. I believe it's people in the pews that have the heartbeat of God and don't want to say that because they don't want to go against the grain. Mm-hmm. I want to be comfortable. Yeah. I no, 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 no. I don't can't rock the boat. Up. I can't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat. No, <laughs> don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, even if you're not a white person, even if you're a black person, like, Please say what God is putting on your heart. Yeah. Now I'm not saying what what the media is putting on your heart. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying what your emotions because yeah, some of good. our emotions we about to are jump not the emo- we about to jump yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> and, and man, I want to drop a gem. I'm actually I gotta drop this one. This is so good. The emotions that we have before we got saved can sometimes spill over to the emotions we keep when we get saved. Mm. And you have to understand the emotions that you got that you were born into were not the ones God intended for you to have. Wow. Those are the emotions left over from the fall of Adam. Wow. So how can you become a new creature but keep the old emotions of the old nature? Mm, that's good. So I just want to just drop that in your, you know, in your ears while you listen to this podcast. Those emotions where you get fired up and you want to become a social activist and you want to fix the problem and all that. Time out. <laughs> Did God tell you to do that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just feel well, the devil drives you, God leads you. There you go. So are your feelings driving you? That's a good one. Throw that out there. Love it. Love it. And so you mentioned um black people, man. Let, let, let's let's flip the script. We gotta talk about, you know, black folks. We gotta talk about people <laughs> of color. And so when we yeah. and just so who for those of you all who need a little bit of breakdown, um POCs. Um, is the term that people use or people of color when you are identifying normally non-black people that are still minorities, right? So Asians, 
Indians, mm-hmm. Latinos, Latinas, um, mm-hmm. our, our brothers Hispanics. and sisters from, you know, right, from all across. Because the they get upset now. Some of my brothers and sisters get upset. That's real. Like, you, they will. They will. But, and I think it's important. You're right. Um, that that we have this understanding. So when we say people of color, um, it's covering a, a a a gram of folks that are way bigger than just the African American community. And so um, we definitely play a part in this as well, right? If we are oh, talking yeah. about true solution and being able to overcome, um, we have definitely. And I'm not I'm not disqualifying trauma. I'm not disqualifying hurt and pain because they all exist. They're all real. The PTSD, the post-traumatic slave syndrome that has taken place, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to what our ancestors go through and how we can kind of identify some of those things, maybe not from as bad as a physical standpoint, but mm-hmm. we still see the workings of the system here now in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say that those aren't valid and, and we definitely want to address those But it is to say that with these being valid, and I love what you said, how can we control our emotions enough to convey a message that is needed? One, yes, guys, I hear you. Why should we have to to explain the obvious to grown adults, right? Because that's one of the first questions we're going to get from people, right? They should Mm -hmm. know what's right, what's wrong, what's racist, what's bigot, what's, you know, prejudice. And I I 100% Mm -hmm. agree. But in the spirit mm-hmm. of trying to really break this thing down for the oblivious, I think that mm-hmm. it is important that we do ask ourselves the question of how can I not be led by my emotions in these moments where I have to gird and guard my spirit in order mm-hmm. to get this point across and to have this sit down that can lead to God's will for reconciliation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. And, and here and here's the answer for it. And I said it on the live stream. You know, there's some red words in a Bible. If you have a, a paper Bible, like pages. And my grandmother told me, she said, boy, the red words kind of important. Yeah. <laughs> so Jesus said, not me, Jesus. Right. Um, said that you got to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Mm. He didn't say love yourself like you love your neighbor. He put the other person first. Love it. And until you know how to love, you, you, you see, you can't get over your emotions that you got from Adam until you learn how to love. Mm. So, and, and, and loving your neighbor as you love yourself means the first step is to learn how to love yourself and say, I love myself so much, I'm not going to be controlled by my emotions. Mm. And God loved me so much, he gave me the opportunity that I don't even have to go, go there. Mm. I, you know, I can just walk in love. And I'm not talking some fantasy land like that you don't feel something but my feelings gets overrun get overrolled by love right so that that's a biblical principle we can dive a little bit deeper but i'm not trying to make this um, uh, an argument on theology but understand that love helps you helps you control helps you manage and eradicate the emotions that you were never supposed to have in the first place. Mm. So the reason why you get upset when you see another unarmed African-American get killed, which you should, um, but you should never take that anger out on someone else. The Bible says to be angry and sin not. Mm. Do you know what that means? That simply means this, that yes, you can be angry and moved by a certain situation, especially 
um, an injustice like an unarmed black person being shot and killed. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it should never be at the cost of someone's identity and destiny, nor your own identity and destiny. Wow. wow. So good. So you can be angry. Sure. Yeah. But now as a black person, you're not supposed to use that anger and call someone's identity and destiny to be wrecked. Mm. For you. So yes, you can protest, but I'm not saying the first white person I see, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm socking it. <laughs> oh, if they say anything to me on my job tomorrow, they saw Trayvon Martin. They That's say real. one thing to me because I'm running in their mouth. <laughs> but I'm going to Bible study this week. Right. Come on, come on, come on. I was just singing hallelujah. I was just singing and asking God to forgive me. Well, I ain't there yet. Ain't nobody perfect. He is. So how about we just work on that? That's good. Oh, I love it. I'm sorry. I get a little preachy sometimes. (laughs) I just want to, I just want to talk to my brothers and sisters that look like me. You don't have the right. Just because you have the right doesn't give you the right. Mm. Jesus had the right to go off. If anybody had the right, a man of color, okay, Jesus was a man of color. Come on, America. Was falsely accused, right? He got punched and spat on by over 300 pastors, whipped by Roman soldiers till he was just just mangled, Mm -hmm. tortured, then asked to carry a cross, died on the cross, and never said a mumbling word. Guess what he said? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm. So if he didn't use the position of anger and his emotions and all that, what gives you the right? When you say you are a Christian, Christian, Christ-like. So how Christian are you when you are beating up on on our brothers and sisters who are white because of something that their ancestors did? Mm. And that, because that's what they say, right? That wasn't me. That was my ancestors who owned slaves. Please don't ever say that. If you're a white person, please don't say that to a black person because they may not understand what I'm saying. I don't want you to get socked. But I'm just saying. So, as those of color, I pray and I encourage you to find your identity and destiny wrapped in scripture, mm-hmm. not the emotion. Mm-hmm. Because if, if we don't respond properly, the world don't. The world thinks it's okay to go riot. And when we riot, why do we tear up our own stuff? Right. I don't get that. Please, I can't get a haircut because the barbecue is. Please leave the mom and pop shop that has done well by you and yours alone. Okay. I I never understood that, man. I just go go tear up city hall. Go bomb a police car. Like do something to slow them down where they got a car. You know. My goodness. We're just tearing up our own communities. LV. In the spirit of unity and of course being solution driven. One last area I want to touch on um, that is the political side. Oh, yeah. And, and the reason why is because what we tend to see now is that, you know, a lot of people will use their beliefs to justify their politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and we've noticed that there's a lot of conversation around how, oh, well, America was built on strong Christian morals and principle. And we aren't really being truthful when it comes to the fact that we were also built on a lot of sin, a ton of flaws, and a lot of lies. Mm -hmm. And there is no way to run and escape from that. And the chickens will come home to roost. (laughs) 
Shout out to X. <laughs> X gonna give it <laughs> to you. <laughs> but 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 in all seriousness, though, we we've got to be objective when we talk about this because it's very easy to try and cause one belief system, whether Democrat or Republican, to fall in line with what you. Um, believe faith-wise, and a lot of times what we're starting to get now is a manipulation mm-hmm. of the Word of God to try and make it align with personal beliefs. Sure. Yeah, and, and this has become very problematic because it does several things, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it causes dissension among the brothers and the mm-hmm. sisters, mm-hmm. but then what it does is it, it causes us to a degree to lose our witness when it comes to those who were trying to be fear of men too. Yeah, yeah. So how do we break this and get back to not politics, policy, and legislation per se, but the kingdom agenda and not our own? Yeah, man. So, you know, I think I, think I shared this with you personally. I don't know if I said it on the live, but I believe that we have been preaching a beneficiary gospel. Mm my healing, my breakthrough, my deliverance, my family, my, my money, my honey, and everything else. <laughs> right. And we haven't preached enough about dying to yourself. And you know what? It's something so liberating when you die to yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For those of us who have been are, are consistently working on dying to ourselves, it's something so liberating. So when you vote, based off of your religious beliefs. I I ask you to ask yourself this. Am I voting for this leg- this piece of this person to represent my beliefs as far as legislation or the executive branch or judiciary, all of those things, local all the way up to federal. Am I voting for this person because they're going to benefit me? Mm-hmm. Or I, am I voting for this person because there's going to be not necessarily a socialist perspective, but it's the right thing to do. Because here's the thing, when you look at, and I'm just gonna be frank, when you look at the Republican party, I believe most African-Americans will probably vote Republican if the Republican party would not vote based off how it benefits them only, Hmm. only. Mm. Because at the end of the day, most African Americans, especially those that's of the faith Christian, we believe in some of the same foundational truths that the mm-hmm. Republican Party was built that's on. That's fair. That's fair. At the end of the day, we 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 with you, but when we vote with you, you exclude us. Wow. And the Republican Party was primarily African American, historically speaking. It did not change until the past 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. When Dr. King was locked up down there, I believe in Alabama. If it wasn't for the Democrats, uh, I believe it was John F. Kennedy, well, they had to strong arm him to say, if you let him out and support him during the civil rights, black people will actually start voting Democrat. Mm. Prior to that moment of Dr. King being locked up falsely, right. <laughs> locked Come up on. for civil disobedience, Come on. <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about black folks really voting heavy Democrat. Can we, I just want to pause right here for a small intersection because Kirk talked about this, Dr. Tony Evans, who is a general in the faith, older general in the faith. Yes. He talked about this though. Yes. And he mentioned a very prominent white evangelical pastor who had some very disparaging words to say towards Dr. King as Dr. Mm -hmm. King was fighting for what we now celebrate and post as a people across this nation as a whole. 
Mm-hmm. What did he tell Dr. King? He told him that he was too loud. Mm-hmm. And that- He'll take all that. He, oh, come on now. And, and, and I just want to throw that out there. As you made that point to say that when we talk about fighting for what's right, we, and I'm not saying we've got to tiptoe the line and teeter to be politically correct. Mm-hmm. As believers in the faith, I'm not making this comment to those who do not believe in the faith. I am making this comment to those who are believers in the faith. It is not about us being politically correct. It is about us being Christ-like. And that yep. is where our focus has to be. Half mm-hmm. the things that we complain about, oh, I got to be politically, politically correct about, Jesus wouldn't want you saying anyway. What grandma always used to tell us, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't, <laughs> don't say, say nothing at all. Or I'm a socket in your jaw. And, and, and like... <laughs> that is the reality. But that is the reality, though, with us as believers. We should not be begging Christians to be Christ-like. Because sure. once again, going back to the original question that I had as we were going into this answer is, uh, when I one of the original questions, one of the original comments was that, yo, when all of this happens, what happens? We lose our witness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People looking at us right now, like, they can't get along. Why should I? You know how hard it is to lead somebody to Christ and disciple them? Let me make sure I pause there. Come on. Can I do on. another mic drop? Come on. Yes, we're supposed to go out and, and, and introduce people to Christ via salvation, not just through the, through the book. But Jesus said, Go ye out and make disciples. Mm. So your one and done, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, feel good moment, did you disciple them? Wow, wow. Or did you just get them saved? Come on. Because now they save and they don't know how to walk it out. That's good. So I just want to share that, you know, in addition to what we're saying, that, man, your political beliefs and your your faith beliefs, the life you live reveals your faith. So if you're not, if, if how you vote doesn't line up with what you believe, I question, did you vote or do you believe only benefits you? It, 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 to me, it, it, I can't get away from that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I remember um, hearing a prophetic utterance, several a series of it for this last election. And the man of God was like, listen, God is saying you got to vote on, on your conscience. And let the will of the Lord be done. Let the will mm. of the Lord be done. Let the will of the Lord. I couldn't vote for either candidate of the primary parties. I mm. wanted to write my name in that boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I so I, I just want to encourage those who are listening, black or white, woke or not. It, we have a long way to go. But I believe if we do it God's way, we can heal a nation. We can heal the people. Yeah. We can heal this country and this world like never before. And I'm not saying everybody's going to be on board. It's clearly going to let you know who's on the Lord's side. See, that's the part. And I mean, man, I'm trying not to ramble, but that's the part that's that. No, this is the four. This is a, you got to have foresight. You got to be able to see past what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So we start doing this race reconciliation, start having these conversations and things start to change. Do you know what's really going to happen? Is that invisible war that they call in the spirit realm is going to manifest itself in the natural. What's happening by keeping things the same, we're going to continue to get the same and it's not going to be revealed. But once we start getting people saying, now who's on the lower side and you start seeing that divide and you start seeing like people who saying like, I'm really on the lower side, it's going to get real ugly then. 
-hmm. And that's where you're going to need to lock arms with your brother and your sister, regardless of race, regardless of culture, regardless of socioeconomic um, disparities. You're going to need that person. Yeah. Regardless if you got a lot of money and they don't, you're going to need grandma's prayers. Mm -hmm. You're going to need that shy, blah, 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 like you need that good teacher. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need that running around the church just like you need that sit there and just, you know, 30 minute sermon and we're out of here and I'll see That's you good. guys next week. When that happens, and it's going to happen because either we're going to push the agenda or they're going to push it and it's going to force us to lock arms. Yeah. And in that, you might be locking arms with somebody who doesn't necessarily carry the exact same belief system as you do when Come it on. comes to your politics, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, at the end of the day, you know, you are locking arms with somebody who claims to believe in the same Christ. And that's the thing I think what we've got to remember is that at the end of all of this, when we talk about locked in kingdom, kingdom arms, we have got to remember that our politics do not take precedence over the word. Our politics do not take precedence over the kingdom. Yeah. And so at some point in time, there will be that moment where you're not just dying to yourself. You're dying to your personal beliefs for mm. the betterment of a greater body mm. that does not always look like you, that mm -hmm. does not come from the same background and experience. And that up until maybe 10 minutes prior to y'all locking arms, you'd be ready to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and thought one was the enemy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on. Look, if on. you buck. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Straight it. up. Make them say, uh, yeah. that's what I'm saying. you know, it, it's going down. So I just want to encourage people, because we're going to wrap up. The most important thing I can say today is that if you call yourself a Christian, be Christ-like. Hmm. And if you need to die to yourself, do it. And everything else, I believe, will fall in line. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, love. Love God so much that you, that you love yourself less. Love God so much that you love you less. Hmm. And I think we'll start seeing the change that we say we want. So good. Mm -hmm. be, I think we need to continue this conversation and maybe bring some other faces in. Yeah, some, you know, I, I got some ministry leaders. I got some ministry leaders, and I know you do too. That that mm -hmm. don't look like us, but that I think probably could really bring some some much needed light and and unity to just spread this thing out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that I, yep. I think would be really good. Yeah, man, we got to do it. And um, if I said something to offend you, I apologize. It's not my intent. But if you if you really upset with me, please reach out. Let's have a conversation. Let the people know where they can find you. Man, they can find me on this thing, uh, Al Gore's internet. Um, <laughs> you can, I, I give you straight access to me. My email address is your boy LV. Now, for those who may not know, like, what? You bow? You bow, you LV? You smell it out, boy? So, Y as in Y, <laughs> A B O Y L V. Two letters like Las Vegas. It's a sure bet, but we ain't gambling. I'm just saying. <laughs> So your boy LV at gmail.com. Um, again, please know that I, my intent was not to, uh, to offend you, but it was definitely to rub you the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. We, gotta, we gotta be able to challenge, right? And, and, and just really consider how we're looking at it and our approach. Yeah, look at That's you okay. Up. Yeah. LV, where you at on Instagram? Is it your boy LV on IG too, yeah. right? IG, uh, Facebook is straight LV. I will give out my phone number, but I don't, you know, 
That's all that good. Part. We don't want people calling you with threatening mail. So yeah, I'm with um, it. I'm about that action, boss. You are. You are from Flint. <laughs> yeah. Next to Chicago, y'all gets busy. <laughs> yeah, with love. I'm gonna do it with love, though. I'll whoop you in the spirit. I promise you. Yo, leave, people, look, man, look, we in this Rona season right now, so we're going to keep this going. Before we get off, can you just give us a real practical prayer for the people out there, man, who are listening? Father God, I just thank you now that you are the author and finisher of our, of our faith. And you said that we walk by faith and not by sight. So God, in these trying times where we may not see the strategy or see mm -hmm. the solution, we know faith matures us and travels us to the place that we need to be. So I thank you for those who are listening. God, I know that this is not an easy conversation, but you are the answer. And I thank you for it now. Bless the listeners, bless their families, increase the hedge of protection all around them. May they see you like they see themselves. Even when they look in a mirror, let them see you on the inside of them because we know that's where you reside. So we thank you for it now. In Jesus name, amen. Amen, family. Thank you so much once again, LV. As always, guys, you're not losing a life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream. This has been a coronavirus special, which you'll be getting a lot more of these. Uh, next up, we're going to be having some conversation in a few days here for our college access and success students, our trio students, whether they're in college or high school, maybe you are in your uh, post-secondary degree. I got a good conversation coming up for you all as well. And to my normal weekly listeners, I just want to say thank you all um, for your time. I've got another great guest coming on later on this week, a brother, uh, T. James. He's a student at Bowling Green State University. Phenomenal story. Was incarcerated and uh, man, is just out now as a student and he's made such an amazing change and he's blessing and helping the lives of others. And uh, I can't wait for you all to hear it. But until then, LV, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Yep.